Hello, it's Charlotte's sister, C. Farrell, host of Powered by Age, Canada's longest-running senior-led podcast that invites you to do what you love. This podcast is for you if you love writing or telling stories, if you love sharing poetry or doing interviews. This podcast is for you if you love working on ways to create age-friendly cities. This podcast is for you if you love learning how to tame technology and get more out of virtual events, if you love finding more ways to share your heritage or traditions. If you love any of these things, you can go beyond listening and join our weekly podcast group. Simply email pbaafc at gmail.com and put your name in the subject line. Powered by Age is sponsored by the Government of Canada, New Horizons Grant, the 411 Senior Center Society, and GNF Financial Group. Good morning and welcome to Powered by Age. Canada's longest-running senior-led podcast. It's our birthday. This is our second anniversary, October 1 in 2019. The first four episodes of a podcast was created at the 411 Center. And then we recruited with a small grant from the city to recruit people from six senior centers as well as some writing organizations and other places in Vancouver. So... Uh, the, as when we had our first birthday, the shutdown was on and we switched over to playing with Zoom and then Zoom became a really comfortable form for uh, people to participate in. So since then, we have done, I think, Leslie, are we at 75, 76? 74. 74. So next mm-hmm. week we'll have... <laughs> Our 75th, um, it's not, it's celebration time. And sometimes I'm a little silly, but uh, I think it's a notable thing because most podcasts for seniors is telling you how to do something or think other people are talking to you about places to go to things to do. Here, we've taken issues. Uh, when we went to a podcast mode and when we were moving physically around to other centers, we generated a list of 20 topics, 20 issues. Well, we've covered all those 20 issues. So now we're in a mode where we're finding out from new people that are being recruited and joined or referred, what are other issues that people would like to see us do as workshops, uh, forums. We had a forum on housing. We had a forum on uh, training, you know, why seniors should still be able to get training. So we'll be generating that list and talking about that a bit more next week. But today, what we're going to be doing is um, awareness as well as activities. Two things that start with A. We're going to have uh, awareness and recognizing and celebrating this new holiday. It's a holiday being celebrated in a different way, which is understanding uh, some of the reconciliation issues, the significance of this new September 30th national holiday. And then we also just spreading the awareness that tomorrow, October 1st, is the United Nations Recognition Day for Older Persons. And uh, we'll be hearing uh, a proclamation for that from Nancy. So uh, our tech support today, Jesse's going to carry us through. We're going to sing happy birthday first to get started. Wonderful. So, as you know, that was Stevie Wonder's song that he wrote as a tribute to Dr. King, which is a connection to the fact that we're going to be writing uh, tribute poems that might be for uh, a senior, for an event, or a thing. Okay, moving into our next awareness segment, uh, we have two short videos that we're going to see around what does orange shirt mean? What's the significance of the orange shirt? To get our Tech genius, Jesse, is going to take us to those. I was six years old when they took me to a residential school. I remember the day walking toward that school with my mother. 
and it was a silent walk and I was so afraid. 20 or 30 little kids heard it into the showers and then your body being painted in white liquid of some kind, your hair cropped and then doused in kerosene. And that was pretty traumatizing. The school held roughly 220 people, half boys, half girls, and we were segregated. If I was caught weaving at my uh, sister, there'd be a punishment for it. And, and so as a result of that segregation, I never really learned any social skills that young people should be learning as they grow up. From a religious and spiritual perspective, of course, the churches lobbied hard to convert indigenous people, aboriginal people. They said that we were heathen and pagan. They targeted language in those things we had learned through all of millennia to know where we came from, to know who we were as something that had to be eliminated. Before that time, I lived in a place called Guayasims. They call it Guilford Island now. We harvested from the forest all of the animals that we needed to provide us sustenance. And from the ocean in front of us as well, all of the species of whales and mink and fish. And I had a connection to the environment around us. And so after having spent years in those schools, by the time we were ready to leave, most of us were pretty broken. Many of us, including myself, descended into addictions, alcoholism, and violence, and it was pretty, pretty uh, difficult. Those schools lasted for over a hundred years. There were over 150,000 little children. And the last school that closed in Canada was in 1996 in Saskatchewan. There was a history on this land that had been absolutely ignored. Nobody knew about the residential school legacy. Nobody knew about the intent of the Indian Act, the chronic challenges now facing Aboriginals. And we're starting to uh, accept the idea that we have the shared history for which we all are responsible for. When the Truth and Reconciliation Commission report was uh, submitted, I was in the room when Justice Murray Sinter, the chair of the commission, denounced Canada. He had just recited a litany of intensive harms against Aboriginal people. And, and when he said, Canada, you have committed cultural genocide, there was just a silence in that room, and then all of a sudden it erupted in euphoria. We said, survivors want an apology from the Prime Minister in the House of Commons. And I was there and I heard the words, I'm sorry, and then I couldn't see because my eyes were just flowing with tears. I was so happy that somebody had said, I'm sorry. Canada, by the way, is the only Western country that has had a Truth and Reconciliation Commission. So we're trying to look through a new lens. We and Canadians, we as an Aboriginal, we celebrate each other, everybody cheering each other up as we move toward a more equal, prosperous future for all of us. My name is Chief Robert Joseph, and I believe that Truth and Reconciliation is Canada. as we transition into the next one, it's just remarkable to say that Canada is the only country that has a holiday, declared a holiday such as this one today, to recognize and have people think about the truth and reconciliation and the 94 promises that were made, as you will hear about in this video. Bonjour, Tansi Anin, Jim Thunder Nidishnikaz, Sachiko Lake Nindunji. Hello, my name is Jim Thunder, and I'm the board chair of Reconciliation Thunder. And I'm Kate McKenzie. I'm a volunteer and researcher with Circles for Reconciliation. 
From the time of the first discovery of the children in unmarked graves in Kamloops, BC, and the subsequent discoveries until now, Canadians have been thinking about the horrible tragedy of residential schools. The legacy of residential schools has left a lasting impact. And so Canadians today are asking, how can I respond and what can I do? In 2015, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission published the 94 calls to action to answer that exact question. Tragically, six years later, many Canadians still have not read the 94 calls to action. These calls are not just for the government. These calls are designed for any member of society. This is where we need your help. The Truth and Reconciliation Commission's final report says that reconciliation cannot be left up to the governments, the courts, and the churches alone. Dialogue and action needs to take place in communities all across the country. Reconciliation must take place across all sectors of Canadian society. We are living in a time when social media can be a powerful tool for collective action and collective impact. We are launching the 9494 campaign to challenge Canadians to read the 94 calls to action and choose at least one to act on. Starting on June 29, Circles for Reconciliation and Reconciliation Thunder will be posting one call to action every day for each of the days leading up to Orange Shirt Day on September 30th. We'll be posting these calls on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. If you're not on social media, then you can go to reconciliationthunder.org and sign up to receive these calls every day via email. This campaign includes a challenge for corporate and community leaders. So beyond sharing these calls every single day for 94 days, the real potential for this campaign is when leaders like you organize the people that you lead into conversations where you move beyond discussions and into action. Circles for Reconciliation is a full and equal partnership between Indigenous and non-Indigenous peoples with the aim of establishing trusting, meaningful relationships. Each circle meets once a week for 75 minutes for 10 weeks in a row and involves five Indigenous and five non-Indigenous participants. Reconciliation Thunder is a nonprofit established to provide online resources to community leaders. These online resources empower leaders to address institutional racism, act on the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's 94 calls to action, and create long-term change in their communities. The 94-94 campaign is simple, but it's profound. When enough people get behind a simple vision like this, we can take all of Canada one step closer towards reconciliation. Visit circlesforreconciliation.ca or reconciliationthunder.org for more information on how you can get involved. Okay, thank you. We'll take a couple of minutes to see if um, what responses either of you have to what you've seen in that call for action. Intense. It's very intense. It takes um, takes some time to process it. Takes some time to absorb it. I did go on to look up the ninety-four calls to action, and I'm curious now that I appreciate seeing that video to see the little booklet, and I'm going to search to see if I can find a copy of that booklet and. And I had listened to another video where they suggested to go through the calls to action and to choose, you know, perhaps one or two that resonate more specifically and, and make a commitment to, the, to those steps. So, and uh, I live in Nanaimo, I'm on Vancouver Island, and there's uh, uh, an event going on uh, downtown at the waterfront, and, and they're right there um, lifting up and placing a, a totem that they've been working on for this past year. And I'd heard there's thousands of people down there. So it's a um, somber, somber day. And at the same time, I guess, opportunity for insight, knowledge, um, call to action, like you suggested. And uh, I'd say, I think for myself, firstly, just time to process and then figure out what my responsibility is and what I can do to contribute and make a difference. Uh, the um, the calls for action are available online. You can Google them. Yes, I have. Yeah. So, yeah. So, if anybody's listening that's interested, yeah, just Google it. 
Thank you, Lana. And, and also the. And what would the title be? Like exactly what words do we Google? Just the Constitution? Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Okay, thank you. I've been able to find it just by Googling TRC, Calls to Action. And it's mm, the top TRC. thing that up. Did you say TRC? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's remarkable, as I said, for a government to set a holiday for people to take a pause. It's different from, you know, beach holidays, party holidays, but to really think and understand uh, that these 94 calls were made, six years have passed and nothing has happened. And to just make ordinary people take a look and see what we can do. So as we're talking about topics or things that we might want to do in the, in the future, maybe Nancy or others can highlight some things from those that's something that we could do as part of our podcast. Kofula, did you have a comment? Uh, well, I am just like horrified at things that actually happened. And even now, I just, I just can't believe any of that, that, you know, all these years. And I just, I don't know, my heart just goes out to those little children and all that hatred that was in there, you know. And I don't know, I mean, how do we, like, uh, how do we make things right, you know? Like, um, it's very difficult. It's, it's something that's happened over the years, and now we're trying to make things all right for all of them. And I can just imagine what they're going through, and I, and I can really understand their emotional trauma and why some of them are in a situation as they are right now. I can very well understand, like, if I, if my child had been taken away from me and uh, I can't imagine how I would survive that, you know. Just, to me, it's just, just incredible that such things could have even happened in those times. So spreading awareness, I think it's all right. It's really good that we are doing all that now, you know. But what happened in the past actually happen and um, I don't know if there's any way to compensate any of that now. My I think, on that. Um, one of the shocking things is, and, you know, when I've talked to people about this, they said, oh, you know, this was generations ago, you know, um, but the last residential school closed in 1996. Let's just let that sink in. That's this present generation are still suffering the legacy of that in some parts of Canada. And people, with the, uh, some of the videos that I saw, people who are in our plus 50 age group, some of them, you know, were children who experienced and then also who wondered that there were 4,000 uh, children documented as killed or missing over that hundred years so that there are relatives or families who are carrying that pain. But I think the good thing that was at the end of that short one, about 90, you know, four ways, talking together, having conversations, not making it be uh, we, they, indigenous or versus, but really having conversations uh, with people who have with people who are trying to do things as well as people who are trying to heal and just being open to it rather than saying, oh, that was a long time ago. Let's just get on with life now. I think just having the heart, and that's part of what the holiday is, is just to raise our consciousness and our intentions to have different conversations and, you know, in a unified way, look at things one by one. I like the fact, too, it's like instead of there's this whole big thing, but if there's of 90 four things if there's one thing a day that we could think about doing it's a positive model for dealing with other things it's Nelsa here I am Catholic I am Catholic I've never heard about this because I wasn't born in this country actually I didn't even hear about this until a month ago when it was uh, on the papers and I read a little bit about this because I had a hunch okay maybe the Roman Catholic has got something to do with this and I read it, and I read that uh, 60% the Roman Catholic is involved, the other percent out of 100, the government of Canada. So my, my feeling is, how can it go, how can it would have gone on for 100 years without anybody saying or investigating about this? Uh, the, the, the children are the most vulnerable. 
and to put them to put them in that condition that is that is um, the bottom of the pit is just not acceptable yeah the native so, peoples have known this was going on all the time yeah. people went to the police and were basically told to shut up and go away yeah yeah so for the longest time i thought my catholic priests are only guilty about molesting altar boys and we heard this all the time. I'm sorry to speak like this because I'm getting emotional because, like I said, I'm Catholic. And it goes on and on and on. And it doesn't stop. It's not the, the First Nation uh, people, but now it's altar boys. And again, my Catholic priests are very much involved. And you don't hear about this. You don't hear about them going to jail. They're just uh, being relocated in some little village. And when they go to little village, what they do there is they get little girls pregnant. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, and this happens in the residential schools too. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, it's a huge issue. And it's it's a systemic issue, right? Well, and then you've had your hand up? Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm a Catholic and it hurts me to hear that uh, you know the Catholic priests and the Catholic Church for that matter is involved and complicit in this. But in all fairness, I think there are other religious organizations that are also com, you know, complicit or guilty. And I have a question too. I mean, I remember, I'm from Vancouver, and I know that this reconciliation, this TRC document was started in connection with the missing women are they two different um, documents that we're talking about here, or it was the beginning, the the uh, the birth of this um, whole inquiry? Well, the, the, those are some things that are happening simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Some of the issues that haven't been reconciled that there are hundreds of missing uh, indigenous women and, and girls and crimes that you know, just haven't been solved. So there is a pressure and a push to get those things uh, back out into, you know, active solving, having those cases resolved and to make more people aware of it. I think uh, at Simon Fraser, there was a conversation about it at a number of places. And I think rather than just reading something in the news and saying it's terrible, what this holiday is motivating us to do is to increase our awareness, but then also our commitment to do something. Uh, the the prime minister asked the uh, the pope to to ask you know make a statement of you know forgiveness ask for forgiveness or say uh, make an apology and he just asked the Catholic Church uh, in Canada to do it and so I think people within that faith are also encountering I mean there's a place within each of people's churches that were involved to encounter the heads of the church, to encounter them around things they can do. Uh, you can't undo death, but you can undo or help with the alcohol programs, the mental health programs, a number of things that would help with the trauma people are still suffering uh, as a result of that. So I think many things do happen within organized organizations, whether it's religious organizations or business organizations, and people are shocked. So it just means we have to hold our leaders more accountable and then be willing to sit them down to make, you know, there's a force that people that are members of organizations and religions that they can do to make the people in leadership take more responsibility and do what they can do around reconciliation. So if any others of you who are looking at videos or films or look at these 91 days, um, 91 things that can be done, it doesn't end with today. You can uh, put together ideas and bring them into the pot because we're creating an agenda of things that we will talk about in the other upcoming weeks. Nancy is one of the uh, podcaster mentors, a part of our production team that helps with planning what we're going to do. Uh, Leslie is uh, a historian, a history keeper of what we've done, but also a person open to uh, helping people when you have an idea. We have paired people sometimes around an issue where three people make a presentation, like um, 
we had a group who presented around back care. We had a group last week who presented around meditation, uh, mindfulness. So we can have two or three people within the group. It's like a community. You could talk together, plan something, and you know, present it or lead it. So definitely uh, be open to emails to me. Uh, Nancy could share her email in the chat. You could email her. And Jesse said, don't send me any email. Charlotte sends me enough emails. <laughs> Jesse helps is our the Powered by Age podcast are heard on nine different platforms. Uh, Jesse takes the audio and gets it to there where you can hear it on iTunes. What are some of the other places, Jesse? Uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, YouTube, uh, on CJSF 90.1 FM, or uh, if you're local, or CJSF.ca if you're outside the broadcast range. Uh, there are more. Anchor FM. You you can hear all of the place, all of the podcasts we've done on our PoweredByAge.com website. We also have a special section on there where individuals have recorded their stories or recorded their poetry and. People can go on and just listen to that, have easy listening. So just seeding that idea out as uh, you can uh, begin to give feedback, and we will continue to look at ways that we will not just drop this topic now, but how many of the 94 things we can do and, and deal with. Yeah, and talking about moving forward, I'm a member of the Council of Women and the National Council of Women of Canada. Um, uh, for two years, their focus was murdered and missing Indigenous women, and they've extended that for another two years to focus on First Nations issues. Um, I'm looking at ways we can carry this forward in our local New Westminster Council. There's also a council in Vancouver um, as to carry this forward. And this idea of the uh, the circles that uh, was brought up in the video is a very interesting idea of bringing people together to discuss the issue. Also, roundtable discussions, because we've hosted roundtable discussions within the podcast. So maybe from the two groups that you're working mm -hmm. with and others, we could have a roundtable discussion as one of our, you know, Thursday podcasts. Okay, so now our next area of awareness uh, is the day we could all be happy with, I think, Jesse's the only non-senior, but <laughs> he's supporting yeah, of seniors. Nancy's going to read the international, uh, the United Nations proclamation. Thanks, Charlotte. Yeah, I have a little bit of information here. And um, so December 14th, 1990, the UN General Assembly made October 1st as the International Day of Older Persons. Following up on initiatives such as the Vienna International Plan of Action on Aging, which was adopted in 1982 World Assembly on Aging and endorsed later that year by the Assembly. The International Day of Older Persons was observed for the first time throughout the world on October 1st, 1991. And so parts of the proclamation, I won't read all of it, um, part of it is to promote the implementation of the International Plan of Action on Aging. Uh, to support practical strategies for reaching the global targets on aging for the year 2001, um, to support the continuing efforts of the Secretariat to clarify policy options by improving data collection, research training, technical cooperation, and information exchange on aging, and to ensure that the aging of populations is adequately addressed in the regular programs of competent United Nations organizations and bodies to support broad and practical partnerships within the United Nations program on aging, including partnerships between governments, specialized agencies, and the United Nations bodies, to strengthen the trust fund for aging as a means of supporting developing countries and adjusting to the aging of their populations, to uh, encourage donor and recipient countries to include older persons in their development programs, and some facts that are quite interesting. Between 2015 and 2050, the proportion of the world's population over 60 years will nearly double from 12 to 22 percent. Uh, by 2020, which passed, the number of people aged 60 years and older will outnumber children younger than five years. By 2050, 80 percent of older people will be living in low and middle income countries. 
and the pace of population aging is much faster than in the past. All countries face major challenges to ensure that their health and social systems are ready to make the most of this demographic shift. So basically, people worldwide are living longer. Today, for the first time in history, most people can expect to live into their 60s and beyond. By 2050, the world's population of age 16 and older is expected to be to 2 billion, up from 900 million in 2015. And uh, the pace of population aging around the world is also increasing dramatically. So what they've done for this year, the theme, the theme for this year's Day of Older Persons, which is tomorrow, October the 1st, is um, digital equity for all ages. Digitalization has revolutionized our living criteria, and older persons are far behind in the usage of these modern digital technologies. So the theme of this special day sparks light on the issue of older persons that are not fully beneficiaries of these technologies. And it, the focus is to train them about the usage of mobile phones, the internet, and computer according to their needs, hobbies, and interests. And policymakers are also asked to keep in mind that these threats about these technologies to older people keep them healthy and safe. So it really comes down to quality of life, quality of life and recognizing and respecting uh, the wisdom of older people, uh, the inherent need to have them in the society, respect, kindness, compassion, and just recognize that our, our population is aging and, and there's so much wisdom and, and longevity available. And so it, this is the purpose of recognizing, and like I say, the digital equity for all ages is the focus for this year. Thank you for that. <laughs> That's that is an important thing to, again, not just hear, but to act upon. The show, our podcast, Powered by Age, is frequently aired in my Speak Up, Listen Up, Act Upon. I am an activist since nine years old, and so I'm going to deputize each of you to act up around the issues uh, that were mentioned here, particularly the digital divide at the 411 Center uh, earlier this week, uh, there was a meeting of a group that's called the Senior Issues Group. Uh, there's another group talking about digital divide. What we each need to be acting up about is issues like um, being able to upload, having to upload all of your information to your phone. Uh, there's so many steps in it, and a lot of people, one, don't have a smartphone. The thing that there's the assumption that we have to give feedback. Anytime you encounter something where you aren't able to do it, you've got to go to a brown box, put a red dot in it, upload that to something. I mean, it's just multiple things where people don't have a smartphone. Uh, an economic issue is pressing on, tell us all the different companies, all the different carriers. The senior centers are, count, are, are contacting them, but individuals also need to contact them and say, you need to make a better plan available so that every senior has a smartphone. Some people have put in programs where they've given people uh, flip phones, which is useless because you, it, it's too small. Uh, and it's it's like saying we gave you something, but it's not the thing that's accessible. Identifying where now in order to pay a bill, you have to have the information electronically. Sometimes I have my screen enlarged all the way over to 100 because you can't see it. But if we don't speak up. So those of us who were in the baby boom generation, you know that we were a speak up generation. It was a generation that changed, changed trends in advertising, marketing, everything. So now we have to speak up again, act up, and say, you know, we're mad as hell and we're not taking it yeah, anymore. Yeah, one of my <laughs> issues too, Charlotte, is, um, you know, they should also make adjustments for people that don't have or don't want the technology. I personally don't want a smartphone. I don't want to adjust. Maybe it's because I'm getting older. Uh, but I think, you know, it should also, there should also be uh, things to access conveniently without a smartphone. We should be able to phone and get help. Um, if we have a computer, which not all of us do, but if we have a computer, we should just be able to maybe go to a website. But, um, you know, you try and get somebody to help you on the phone these days, it's impossible. 
Great. And that's one of the things of giving the feedback. You can look up uh, who is the president of a company. Everyone, a lot of people don't write the president, but when presidents of a company get letters, it gets their attention. Uh, write to that person, call the people up, have a group of people call them up. Uh, the Cancer Society had an activist group where some days people would just tie up the phone lines because a hundred people called and said they wanted to speak to the CEO or speak to the president or speak to the publicity person around the same issue. So I think because... Uh, another thing that we, we that's, that everybody has access to do, everybody has got an MP and they have an office somewhere in your writing. Visiting their office, I was surprised that when I went, we went to uh, a documentary about how talc and other things that are used can cause illness. And we found which MP had the assignment, who had the health desk, and went to his office. And he was so surprised, but happy because he wasn't aware. So I think having a group of people uh, to just come in and say, you know, we want to have a meeting. If you ask for a meeting, uh, they have to put it on the schedule, but to impress them that it's not okay to just ask five or six people to tell you what senior issues are, to go to their, the, 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 go to their office and say, you know, we want you to speak up for us about uh, Wi-Fi. They're building a lot of buildings that there's no Wi-Fi available. High-speed Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi is expensive. One carrier has given something where people have uh, two gigabytes. Two gigabytes. The person said, "I use the two gigabytes trying to take part in three podcasts." So really encountering them with you are multi-million dollar companies you have all of these ads about the things that you could do all of the rooms there's commercials that show wi-fi in every room but encountering them saying well you know we need the buildings that we're in uh, people who go to uh, convalescent centers say that they they either can't take their computer or there's no wi-fi so their family member has to pay for us you know it's, it's just we have to speak up and encounter not just make it feel like it's okay or wait for somebody else to advocate for us two or three can you know gather together you know now since all, almost all of the seniors have been double vaccinated and have a mask you can go in mass to the offices of different places go to the church go to every place that there's something that impacts the lives of uh of, of seniors, people 55 and, and above, and even advocates. We, you know, we had the word ally that uh, emerged among Black Lives Matter. People who are not Black said, I'm an ally to people in this in this uh, issue. Uh, that We had two weeks ago a grandmother who talked about uh, when she found out her granddaughter was going to go and be in a protest and get arrested around the old growth trees. She said, well, let me go because... Uh, <laughs> I won't have a criminal record. It won't impact me the same way. So this allies between generations going and doing things, not just asking. Everybody used to say, if you have problems with the commuter, find a millennial. The millennials said, can you just please learn this? And now they're the little kids who come and help older people. But besides asking somebody for help, asking them, you know, if we all get familiar with the issues, Someone spoke the other day that the goal is a, a city that works from people 8 to 80. And if we focus on the things that help an 8-year-old, they also help an 80-year-old and vice versa. So we just can look at ways we can make a new alliances and speak up about these things that would make that proclamation uh, become a living reality rather than waiting until 20 more years pass and we say, oh, my God, there's, there's no housing. We you know, the things are worse. We have an opportunity to make things better. And so I think that's part of the significance of the International Day of Older People and the fact that the city of Vancouver, it's seniors, it's seniors week all next week. So um, tonight, those of you who are hearing this on Friday will know there are seven buildings that are going to send their lights, you know, from the, the floor, these high rises, high, they're going to uh, have blue lights flashing. 
um, in significance of, of uh, recognizing seniors and in particularly recognizing the 411 Senior Center that's had a 41-year history of helping seniors um, understand their rights, get the information they need, get discounts. So you can look for that and then you can look for ensuing opportunities to uh, support this center, which is one of the sponsors for this podcast. Okay, so now we're going to make a transition over to writing a tribute poem, because in tomorrow's program, I'm going to take five of the poems that get created from people here, and it's going to be read. Uh, so let's see, how do we write a tribute poem? The very first workshop that I did at the 411 Center was uh, a Love Your Life, Love Yourself Happy Through Poetry. I have done these variations of uh, tribute poem, uh, healthy poem writing workshops in two countries and several places. So uh, there is a workbook. At some point, all of you will be able to get a copy of the workbook. But today I'm using some exercises from the workbook. When you write a tribute poem about or for someone else, it always helps if you've written a tribute poem for yourself. How many of you, have any of you ever written yourself a poem, recognizing yourself, honoring yourself? Not me. <laughs> I have because I've been <laughs> in your to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so start with the notion that you are a fountain of love. And we're going to use an acrostic. An acrostic is an old way of starting a poem or starting even a story. So down your sheet of paper, I want you to take the letters of your name and just down one letter under the other, uh, list the letters. Here's an example using my name. Okay, so when you put those letters down, horizontal, vertically down the page, we're going to think of a word that goes with each letter. You, you're going to write a word or a positive thought that's characteristic for each letter of your first name. Now, if you have a three-letter first name, then you use your first and last name. Does everyone ever understand? Down Charlotte? Yes. Do you want to read your example out for the benefit of people who are listening? Oh, yes. Okay. So my name is Charlotte. And so starting with C, I have creative. H. My word is helpful. A, assertive. R, reliable. L, loving. O, original. T, talented. Another T, trustworthy. And E, enthusiastic. Now, sometimes when I've done this in a group of people, you know, where we're all around the circle and a person will have a word like H and they say, oh, I might be bragging to say handsome. No, say handsome. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever say G, say gorgeous. Great. <laughs> okay, so now everybody have an adjective for, for each letter in your name? Okay, so we're going to move on to the next thing. You're going to, okay, this is your, your blank sheet that you would have to work with. Okay, now you're going to create a phrase or a sentence for your self-love poem. You're going to take each word that you identified with the letters of your name, and you're going to make a phrase. No, a phrase does not have to be long, and the phrase doesn't have to be used in the final poem we're going to create, but it's just going to get you, stimulate you to write some positive phrases about each letter in your name. Okay, so my word for creative was, here's an example, being creative with yarn has led me to crochet six caps, <laughs> one of which I'm wearing today. Then, Steve, what's the phrase that you wrote with your, do you have a phrase that you wrote for your in? I'm notable. I'm getting to the phrase. I'm notable, ambitiously notable, <laughs> nicely ambitious, <laughs> notable, sincerely nicely ambitious, notably, <laughs> yes. energetically ambitious, nice and notable. <laughs> Neil, do you want to share a phrase that you've written for one of your letters? I'm still pondering. 
I got mine. So, yeah, I got okay, mine. Okay, who said that? Delsa. Oh, okay, read yours. All right. D-E-L-S-A-D, -E dependable. E, efficient. L, loving. S, sassy. A, adventurous. <laughs> adventurous allows me to write my very first poem for today's meeting. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Is that how you do it? Yes. Okay, that was good. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, and the word doesn't have to start your phrase. It can be anywhere within the sentence of phrase. Mm. I would like to start you. Well, my words were uh, Nancy. So N for notable, A for ambitious, N for nice, S for sincere, your E for energetic, Y for youthful. I came up with a couple of things. Uh, being ambitious has served me well, maintaining an energetic, youthful attitude in life. Uh, as an ambitious person, I've accomplished great many things in my life. And being an energetic person keeps me youthful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> being energetic makes your dogs happy. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I had a hard time because I have two letters the same, so I had to come up with it. <coughs> but I had Leslie, loving, empathetic, special. And then I had a second L, and I was struggling with that, so I came up with long-lasting. I don't know why. Enthusiastic <laughs> and young at heart. <laughs> so I'm loving of myself, my family, my friends, and the world. I feel empathy with those around me. I'm special and unique. Um, Long-lasting because I endure patiently and I'm still here. Um, enthusiastic, just enthusiastic about life and young at heart, always strive to think like a young person. Wonderful. <laughs> and you see, what you're doing with your own um, words, an acrostic helps you with writing a tribute poem for someone else. Because as you've done it and, and brainstormed those things around yourself, then it helps you to brainstorm things about the person. Or it can also be around an event. But this exercise enables you, just opens the doors to being creative when you are doing that, creating a tribute poem for a person or place or event. Okay. Now, what I'm going to skip down to doing is giving... A, I'm going to give read the example of the poem that I made from my words, and then I'll see if anyone wants to read theirs. And this poem is called Rebirthing I, I, Worthiness. You are the beloved of your innermost heart. With each beat, a thunderous reminder sounds. Yet sometimes it falls into the abyss, the abyss of misconceptions about I, worthiness, the abyss of mistrust, fed by misconceptions of how marvelous it would be if you felt fantastic about I. You are the I that has smelled the sacred essence of fertile dreams. You are the I that has felt brilliance brimming, brimming over with solutions. Solutions to family matters, financial matters, environmental matters. Solutions to the issues of the day that matter most for human survival. You are the I that has voluntarily surrendered its voice, surrendered its power, surrendered its sweetness. Now step into the bliss of birthing I from its cocoon. Now step into the bliss of birthing the fruit of your yes. Now step into the bliss of acknowledging I love with content, acknowledging love and appreciation for your gifts as I, acknowledging love and appreciation for the I in your integrity acknowledging love and appreciation for the I that has abundant creativity, abundant health, abundant joy, abundant generosity, abundant prosperity, and abundant peace. And so it is for I and I. Mm -hmm. so, so what was the title of that again, Charlotte? This was it, um, Rebirthing I Worthiness. And it's kind of, I mean, I started out with playing with the acrostic. Somewhere I have a simpler one with the acrostic, but it gives yourself permission. When you give yourself permission to brag on your qualities, highlight the qualities, talk about them, then you feel 
different about yourself. There's so many things, you know, in the mainstream of movies and the policies that get passed where we are put into the small eye instead of the capital eye. And you can turn around and say, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I am creative. I am trustworthy. I am brave. All those things that you're identifying as you're working with uh, the adjectives to go with the letters in your name. Does anyone else want to share uh, what you've done with some of your words? Now I'm scared. <laughs> can, I, uh, can I share okay. my work? Yes, yes. I'm not adventurous anymore. After, after, after it's Anna, so, it's can, Anna, I do okay. mine? can I do mine? Uh, sure, go ahead. I am I am paying tribute to two people in the same poem. He's one of them. A special someone. He's one of them. The other one is the other one is this one. I wrote a tribute to two people. I mean that people. <laughs> I am nervous, Charles. It's okay. Just, okay. just breathe, breathe. You breathe. can do it. Okay, breathe. First time I have written a poem, let alone read it, to, you know, in front of the talented people. I am paying tribute to two in the same poem. Nikki is a ship a mixed breed, cross between a shih tzu and a toy dog poodle. She's 10 years old. And a special someone, you've seen the picture, a two-legged of Germanic origin, much older than the dog. Both are alive and well. I never had a dog. I didn't, I didn't want one. But you came along. Why did I wait so long? I am not big on terms of endearment. It became, sane, it, it became second nature when you grace our lives. I love you, Nikki baby. I love you to the moon and back. It made him jealous, but he loves you too. And I love him too, more than he'll ever know. I told him so because you taught me to. It was time to part ways. We gave you away. We shouldn't have. I'm sure you know the reason why. After all, you always read my mind. One day you visited me. From a distance, you never recognized me. As you get closer, you live into my arms. With your always sweaty tongue, you begin to lick my face. You wag your tail so hard, it pain my arms. Suddenly you stop. You look around, search for another familiar scent. He's gone too, Nick, like you, in a better place, a place where he can be well taken care of more than I can. But we're all just stones throw away. Until we meet again, Nicky girl, next time I visit him, I'll tell him your greetings. Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> that was great. That was that good. Was wonderful. Did you guys like that? That was wonderful. Thank you. Prapula will know that I have never ever written a poem in my life. And it's I, lovely. I, I am with my creative writing class for two great. years. Prapula. Yeah, what do you beautiful. think? Oh lovely. Thank you. Great. Yes, please email it to me because tomorrow at the uh, Senior Citizens Program, I'm going to read five of the poems. Um, in the program. So send email. email you, have my e you have my you email. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's beautiful. Anyone oh, else have? I'll try. Okay. You. okay. you suggested that um, to bring the picture, to show a picture of uh, yes. who we're yes. giving oh, tribute to. So this is my mom. Okay, but uh, my writing is also about me and my children. Oh. Okay, the title is uh, A Beautiful Face and a Spine of Steel. Her happiness shows in her radiant complexion, clear, smooth, and rosy. When she moves, perfume fills the air. As a marvelous storyteller, she delights. But her character speaks louder than her voice, than her words or her looks. Her life is a statement of kindness, service, grace and resilience. The adventures and paths of life she crossed fill me with awe. She showed me she could move mountains alone. She showed me I could too. She is the sun. She is in the sun, in the wind, in the rain, and in the air I breathe. She is in my daughter and in my granddaughter. She lives in us. She never left. 
Okay, and my uh, beautiful. My name is Anna E N N A, and for E is for engage. Being engaged made me active, interested, and curious about the world I live in, and to become a lifelong learner. And as in nurturing, I'm a good mother, I'm a good daughter, and a helpful friend. And the second N, no nonsense. I'm straightforward and I'm frank. Active, being active keeps me healthy mentally and physically. Wow, well done, Anna. That was good. Wow. Oh, thank you. Very well done. I have one about my cat if uh, you'd like to listen to it. Of course, you'd like to. I'd like to show you the picture. I hope it comes through about my cat. It's a cat, all right. Yeah, it's yeah I, I can recognize the cat. It's, she's wearing a hat as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my cat's name was Spirit, and I wrote a little tribute to my cat, so I'd like to read that out. And I call it My Ray of Sunshine. There is a certain slant of light that split through my window into multicolored rays, which bounce and tumble to the floor. The bright, elusive beads dance and tease my poor cat hunched up in the corner. Tense and vigilant, eyes gleaming, she pounces on the intruder and swallows it whole. So that's a little, <laughs> wow. my little cat spirit, you know, <laughs> who passed away. She was 21 years old when she passed wow. away. So I wrote it. And um, I have a really hard time about saying I, because this is a really good exercise, because I've never been able to say I to anything. So, like, I'm thinking, I just want to shout out and say, I am not going to tolerate that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I that am is, worthy. I want everybody to say, I am worthy. <laughs> I am I worthy. Am worthy. Yes. This is very hard exercise, very hard to do that. <laughs> Thank you. You have There's my email. Now. You have my email address, right? Where you could send the send the copy. Sure, sure. Thank you. Okay. Anyone else? I was just looking at the at the uh, the verbs with my name because my uh, name has three A's in it. <laughs> so hard to come up with a lot of A's. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was racking my brains. Um, so yeah, so I came with um, A, adventurous, uh, um, P, philosophical, and another A is adaptive, R, reliable, N is night out, and last A is accepting of others. So, yeah, so I just have two or three um, statements, uh, but I haven't completed the whole um, uh, the, the list, basically. But I'm just looking at with all, like, you know, hearing all the poems and, uh, you know, and uh, they're all so talented people. I mean, oh, my God. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> just bring him. <laughs> wait, wait, wait till you see, listen to Neil coming up. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay. Really? Come on. <laughs> and you too are talented. It's just unlocking it, giving yourself permission. That's one of the things when you write poems to yourself, you say, hmm, that, that is kind of I'm pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, because yeah. somehow, I think, particularly within our generation, there were people that said, oh, don't tell that girl she's pretty. Or some dismissive thing that made it uh there's a part of of a piece of literature that says me thinks he thinketh too highly of himself shakespeare or somebody but i think somehow that just got a lot into our dos so we're getting it out of the dos and writing a new program that says i am special i count i matter i'm brilliant i'm a reservoir look at all the things that you have accomplished in your life so we will be continuing on with this, um, the two things next week, uh, going another level within um, tribute poet writing to writing poems of cheer, 
today there's so many people that have experienced someone that has made their transition or had a hardship. And you see over and over and over in the Facebook feed, sending all of my condolences. So in this workshop of writing poems of cheer, it's pressing to what other words can we say that are saying, I'm with you. I mean, we'll flesh out other things that you could say to be able to craft a poem of cheer. So, and we'll also do more with reading. Uh, I don't know whether Robin will be able to join us next week, but she had an exercise that we did. She did with uh, Neil and Leslie uh, around reading uh, revising a way that they were reading a poem, a creative work. And there's a thing that's called Good, Better, Best. So we'll play that game next week and have more fun. So tell more people to join us at one, and we will be powering on and making life a better place, equally good for eight-year-olds and 80-year-olds. Everyone should get an eight-year-old friend. We wrote poems. We had a, a writing prompt between a 7.5-year-old and a 75-year-old. So that's something else that we can look at doing. So does anyone have any question, comment? Okay, remember, if you're finishing the poem after the program, just email it to me. Jesse put my email in the chat, and then most of you, if you've got an invitation to the meeting, you've seen it comes from pbaafc at gmail.com. Powered by age, age-friendly city at gmail.com. <laughs>